one out to go to Jared Hayne. He's only played 29 minutes of NRL action since round three. And that hip flexor strain. He returned it again, and here he is! Crashing across the line. Jared Hayne returns in a big, big way in Darwin. Six more plays here. A full set from close range. Gutherson goes over the top. It goes to Jennings. And three metres goes back to Norman, who chips one. Waits it out towards Jared Hayne, who brings it down. He plants it down. He's confident he scored. They want to check it, though, to... by Parramatta. 49 minutes gone. Was Hills down the short side. Gutherson puts it in the air. Coming forward, Lachlan Coote can't get to that one. Michael Jennings can. He cleans up the crumbs, and it might be the Eels' night here tonight. Power up! Power up! Welcome back to another edition of the Para Podcast. This week I am joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And Ham. Yep. So again, we're only running on three out of the possible five. Um, with 40 is testing a new theory, which is every time he hasn't been on the podcast, we've won a game. Um, so <laughs> um, we'll see if we get up against the Bunnies this weekend to prove that theory correct. Uh, if not, he'll be welcome back to the podcast. And um, PM's got some family stuff to do, so he's out this week. Um, but let's jump straight into it. Uh, the impossible was possible, and the Eels won on the weekend 20 to the Cowboys 14. Stand up, baby. We're all standing. Everyone's standing. Everybody get up. Try scorer is Jared Hayne with a double. George Jennings with one, Michael Jennings with one, and two or four conversions from Clint Gutherson. Uh, I'll let you boys dive in straight away. Go ahead, Bertie. You can start off. Uh, yeah, no, I, just, I thought it was a, a great game until the last 10 minutes, but, um, you know, we we seem to, um, what's it called, uh, shut down Tomololo a lot. You know, besides that last game in Darwin in the semi-final, every time we come up against him, we, we seem to, like, rush in on him and limit his meters, and same thing happened um, this game. And I reckon we, we literally stood up. So this game, we... Uh, had enough of the the bullshit, you know, like not standing up, and uh, the forwards literally stuck in together and uh, had a real crack, real cracking shot at it. So yeah, I thought it was a good game. The only negative is uh, Corey Norman. He had so many errors, and it's just like, and it was just like he'll make the make a play, and then the, someone will hit him, and the ball will come out. Like it's just he didn't hold the ball. You know, um, his ball security was just poor, and then you kicked it out in the full twice. So that's the only negative I could find with that game. Other than that, yeah, I think with uh, one of Norman's drops was um, when George Jennings ran about 25 metres out after kick, picking up a grubber and passed it to Norman. I was wondering why he, why he passed it to him. I thought he could have gone even further then, but, you know, that's then and whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, watched, I didn't watch the game live. I had it on record. And, um, yeah, I just I liked how calm we were. I liked how the first time we got into the opposition 20, 30 metre line... Um, we didn't try and score. We just Bev put on a banana kick and just got into the in goal. We repeatedly grubbed it into the in goal just to, you know, settle ourselves down and look for a repeat set. Get the Cowboys defending, which um, ended up trumps in the end. I think they only completed like sixty five percent of their set. So you know that's that's massive. We we didn't complete many more. Uh, to be fair with everyone, but you know they completed less, and that goes a long way into winning um, footy matches. 
And off the back of that, just reading on some stats, 51% possession, 70% completions to Cowboys, 60%. Um, we had a total of 43 sets to 42 to Cowboys. Run meters, pretty similar. Two meters difference. All runs, we had more runs. Uh, we had about 40 more post-contact meters. They um, surprisingly had four line breaks to two. Um, so that cover defense and that willing to... You know, it's something that we showcased in years past, and it was certainly um, in the West Tigers game earlier this year where, you know, one bloke would get through and then three more would come across and, and cover up for, for whatever the missed tackle was. Um, one of the really ple- pleasing things, I know Corey Norman kicked out twice on the fall, um, but our kick meters, 550 to... Cowboys 173. Our kicking game was a lot better. Um, uh, missed tackles 23. Cowboys 26. Uh, the really big ones, which is the discipline. 35 errors in a game of football. Um, that's just simply not good enough. Cowboys with 20, us with 15. And 8-6 to six penalties. Uh, a couple of players I want to give a shout out to. Nathan Brown, 221 metres. Uh, huge amount of tackles, 51 as well. Uh, worked his ass off in that game. He's uh, the um, first player this year to make 200 metres and 50 tackles, so no big effort from him. And, what, two weeks back from, from a major injury, so yeah, um, you can't be too uh, unhappy with that. I've got to get him straight back into the fantasy team, so uh, see how he goes there. Uh, other big talking points, Murata Neokore starting. Your man, your man, Birdie, Murata, started. Yeah, finally, it's a shame... Um... You know, he came off a HIA. He just, he, you can tell he was, you know, a bit gassed the second HIA. Like, he was playing for, what, 50 minutes straight. And it just, yeah, just the second one took it. Oh, not, when did he get the second head HIA? Like, 65 minutes, I think. Yeah, yeah read yeah. about that. You can tell, like, with the head knock and the fatigue, it just factored in, in yeah, smart decision that they have to come off. Is it is that the rule? Like, if you have two head, two head knocks, you're off automatically? I think game? so, yeah. Yeah, so it's a smart decision, but I'm happy he's starting. Just uh, hopefully it's just a one-off head knock. You know, we don't want to go through the whole Tepai thing again, where he's getting like you know multiple in a couple, you know, couple months or so. You know, then it's a bit dangerous. But other than that, it's pretty good. Uh, good to see him starting. Yeah, I think and he made had... um, hundred meters off ten runs. It's good. Uh, some good numbers he had. I, I didn't notice. Also, I didn't realize he for a big guy. You'd think he'd only tackle up top, but he can actually do some nice leg tackles, you know, like uh, preventing some uh, the forward, from the Cowboys forwards from making runs. Like, I'm, I'm surprised he could get down low um, for a big guy, you know. He's defending. And just to add a couple of points, Reid Marnie's debut. Um, I think everybody was... Uh, whilst he came up with the two errors, two forward passes out of dummy half, that was a bit of fatigue. Um, obviously, if you've heard any of the post-match material... Uh, B.O. wasn't intending to play him for the 51 minutes that he did. It was only going to be a shorter stint. But uh, once things got rolling, Reid uh, certainly uh, thrived in that environment. Uh, his work straight from dummy half, you could immediately see the difference in the ruck speed and um, how quickly he was getting uh, the the ball out and his service was crisp and straight to, to hands. Um, so that's something that's very pleasing to see from a, a very young man. He's still... When he's eligible this year, isn't he? Him? Uh, yeah, um, I think Gaznier in the in the commentary said he turned twenty one in April, but that's wrong. He only turned twenty, so he's, yeah, still eligible for the twenties. Yeah, not bad. Um, also, I wanted to touch on our right hand defence: Brad Takarangi and also uh, um, Michael Jennings. 
absolutely throttled the crap out of uh, Jonathan Thurston all night, uh, especially Brad Tacker. Uh, moving back to the second row, he seemed to, to thrive on that position as well. Yeah, and, and, and attack too, he, um, I think all of his three tackle breaks came from just sort of running straight into Thurston and him falling off. I thought um, Gutherson also really defended well on um, Thurston. He forced at least two errors from rushing up in defence, catching him a bit off guard there. You're not wrong. Um, and then um, Jared Haynes' return, uh, obviously two tries. Um, maybe he got pretty lucky with that second try, but after the first call of um, overturning Feltz, um, bouncing of a ball, I guess uh, the, the bunker had worked themselves into a corner. Um, so did we want to touch on, on the video ref? Um, I thought they gave three three tries which shouldn't have been given. Nah, um, the Kyle right. Felt one... Um, there's no way there was conclusive... But the, the stupid thing is the rule is, if it doesn't leave his hand, even if it's touching a fingernail, then it's deemed a try, even if he can lo- loses control of the ball. So it's it's a change in that interpretation where in years past it was you've got to control the ball to the ground, but now it's as long as it's touching your finger, hand, wrist, etc., it can be deemed a try. Um, and I have to say, I... I it did touch all the way down, but the 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 footballer in me, um, anybody who's playing park football or has played any football in their life, um, would say that that was a bounced ball. Yeah, it bounces two meters after he grounds it. Um, air quotes there. Uh, so yeah, not all three of them weren't tries. Like he's in the process of losing it. You can't say he's got control of the ball. And I thought that's what um, that's what has been. I haven't really looked at rules. Uh, but by letter by letter sort of thing, you know that's what they constantly go on, on about is um having control of the ball. To me, if the ball bounces two meters in the air after you put it down, you don't have control of the ball. It's and then even when you slowed it down, he may have had a fingertip on it when it hit the ground. That's not in control. That's not it. That's to me. That's not having possession of the ball. Yeah, well, they've changed that interpretation yeah. to control into the ground. It's only if you initially lose the ball now that you have to regather it to control it to get to the ground. But the first interpretation, as long as it's touching your finger, hand, wrist, um, then it's considered a grounding. Um, so control sort of goes out of the equation there, um, for which for mine, as I said, I think it's a bit silly. And the Matt's got one, um, you know, just it's just completely incorrect calls and there's some news about what they've changed Um with the penalty crackdown uh, coming later. But, yeah, just completely incorrect calls. And, and, and Cowboys... <laughs> yeah, the Hain one, that's dead set drop ball. They, um, um, it was funny. You, you sit at home and you're watching the video, Ref, how many times they go through it. I think they went through the Hain one more that was de- uh, called a try on field more times than they did the Kyle Felt one, which was deemed a no try on field. And you think, you know, were they looking... Um, how can they not award this sort of thing? What, why was that looked at more or replayed more times on the TV than the felt one. It's just, yeah. This is what, this is what happens when you move the bunker into a van. You get like, and not to mention, we're playing in a regional stadium. Like, okay, it's a positive for the community, but you can't, I don't think the fans should complain about uh, the bunker when they don't probably got the, the proper angles, you know, the camera angles. So like, was there really um, a benefit to the to whoever trekked out to watch that game? Though no, it was a battle of a game. <laughs> um, and I thought Bevan French had a couple of nice touches. I think he was really great on that uh, George Jennings try. Um, he he moved up really to um to to give the numbers on that that great pass from from Gutherson. 
Um, so we're going to be rolling with that same halves pairing this coming weekend. So hopefully they um they they show up again. Yeah, I liked um, um, Bevan as a bit more playmaker there. He uh, his first kick with banana banana chip across, which you uh, don't see much in. Um, the NRL nowadays, and then you put that grubber in for Jennings, who should have scored. He had the his hands on it and dropped it. You're not again. wrong. Yep. <laughs> so um, yeah, I liked him with just the extra responsibility of ball playing back. So that brings a tally to three wins this year. Um, we've got a big battle to come in the next um, two rounds of football, um, noting that we'll have a global buy in the middle for Origin, um, going up against third place and second place respectively. Um, so let's jump after that into Wentworthville Magpies. Uh, they won on the stat sheet, um, but unfortunately not on the try uh, on the scoreboard at the end of the match. Uh, Wentworthville twelve uh, to uh, twenty two, um, with Davies and Kafusi, Oregon getting over again. Um, did you manage to to catch much of this? Here? No, it was um, I was out at Lithgow camping in the freezing cold. <laughs> that would have been friggin' cold. Um, but from what the boys were telling me, it was a pretty good game um, in that Wenty were really coming back hard and they had the the score at 12-16, um, but unfortunately they just let it get away at the end. Uh, they dominated in the stats department but just couldn't convert into points and that comes with having, you know, Ron Massey Cup slash Shield um, calibre halves, I guess, um, who just can't put on the points. Um all right, and moving on to Fleg Eels, forty-two to six. The undefeated Sharks in the Fleg this year um, got an absolute towel up by the Eels boys. Uh, so try scorers Kepi, Tupu, Afu, Dunster got two, Akafalau, Zapienza, and Brown scored a try. So Brown's returned to to Fleg after an injury. We're not quite sure what it was, but he's back. And five from eight conversions. Um, I don't know if you've managed to to catch any of that action. No, but um. Good to see uh, Dylan Brown back, and um, from what I read, uh, he put on a masterclass with his try chipping over the top, whatever. But yeah, massive effort to beat the um, under previously undefeated Sharks. They've got some really good players in there, some really good forwards. Um, so yeah, no huge. I wasn't expecting them to win. Well, I wasn't expecting Dylan Brown to play, and I think um, if he continues playing. Um, I'm pretty sure he's playing this week. If he continues, you know, beating an undefeated Sharks with the team that he's got with, um, you know, a, f- a few players injured, you know, that bodes well for the future. All right. And then the women had a bye this week. Um, so they picked up the extra two points. Congratulations to them. And then uh, Ron Massey Cup, Wenty 16, Wolves 14. That was a bit of a comeback in their game. They were down... I think it was uh, 14 to six at halftime, and came back to win 16-14. And then in the shield, Wenty 44 to 10 over the Belrose Eagles. And unfortunately, Guildford Owls went down 50 to six against St Mary's, who uh, absolutely belted them. Um, so unfortunate for the boys there, um, but hopefully they pick themselves back up. So just on the back of that, before we get into the news, um, Twitter question. Uh, from Josh Kellett, um, asking about some info for Dylan Brown. The few games I've seen him play make him look like a future superstar. Um, now, we did respond on Twitter, but um, given that it's you only, what what is it now? Is it 200 and something characters? 280, yeah. Um, not very much to respond with. <laughs> so I'll let you touch onto that, Ham. You're more of an expert. Um, yeah, well, I've, I've got to be honest. When I first saw him um, in the Herald Nats, 
wasn't a big fan of him. I thought, you know, he's, he's a good player, but he was more suited to maybe a fullback uh, position. And then last year, just brained in SG ball, um, you know, putting himself as one of the best halfbacks of 17-year-old, 18-year-old, whatever. He was just, he was an absolute star last year in the SG ball. And then obviously um, went on to play in the, I think it was the semi-final and the grand final. That's correct. No, was it? No, because we beat yeah. the Sharks. Yeah, the... but that's when um when Dargan went down. Yeah, not not so, Dargan. Um, yeah, Dargan. Was... Oh, it was Dargan. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, and, so that's um, when he came in the next two games. Yeah, and you know he killed it there and showed that um and he played a couple of games before that and he showed that you know even as a seventeen year old he can um mix it amongst the older boys and this year he's just he glides across the field. I don't think um I've seen him at full flight yet, but you know he's he's beating outside backs uh, whenever he wants. He he's got his strength. He push brushes past defenders. Um, he's got uh, you know I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I haven't seen him really play as a dominant half yet because he's had um, Joe Taipari last year, who's a very a very good half too. And this year he had Joe st- um, starting as a five eighth with him, and then Jamin Salmon come in. I haven't seen him really play by himself, but. Um, you know, if if he can step up as a dominant half, that'd be absolutely fantastic. He's incredibly quick. Um, I think he's one of the fittest at the club. I heard a story that um, you know he, he could probably break our I think it's one point two kilometer time trial, and he's you know he hasn't even had a an NRL preseason, which I'm sure he'll be doing um, this year. So you know, huge um, huge expectations and huge potential for him, and I think. Uh, one thing that sort of goes um, unnoticed for young halves is defence and and size. And, you know, for what he does in attack, he's still not uh, worried about putting himself in front of defenders, making tackles. Um, yeah, so just... I thought He's definitely one to keep, keep an eye on. And, you know, the the even if you have only watched a few games of him on TV or whatever... You can see he's got a lot of potential, and see he's got a lot of um, a lot of talent. And I think I read somewhere recently that he's signed for the next three years. Yeah, that's so, right, three years signing. Yeah, so don't you know? Don't take that as gospel or anything. But um, yeah, definitely in the club's plans. Definitely, you know, you don't want to say he'll definitely make first grade, but with his uh, junior representative career and already killing it as a seventeen-year-old regularly every week. Um, in the twenties, I think he can play. I think he will play. Um, what's it called? The ISP this year. So, and I'm sure once he gets there, he'll brain it again. He's an absolute freak. Can't wait to see him um, for the next three years. So, from what I've seen from him, um, the, the the want to run the ball, and that's really important in young developing halves. Taking on the line, uh, putting your body on the line, and he seems to do that every single week. Uh, not afraid of copping a shot, um, which uh, unfortunately a lot of young halves sort of shy away from that, and and that's when you you get yourself in a bit of trouble. Um, but I'm no expert on juniors, so oh, uh, no, neither, neither am I. I just sort of <laughs> I hang around experts and follow whatever they say. So <laughs> he's a he's a goal kicker, right? Yeah, I think um, he's top one of the top point scorers in the twenties, and he had he's top two five. weeks off. Yeah, so, so let's say the next three, four years when Moses and Norman are gone, and we've got a and we've got a Salmon and Brown um halves combo. He's going to be our goal kicker, and 
Most likely well, uh, depending on what, scorer. Depending on what Michael Jennings is doing next season, perhaps Salmon might come in um, at centre. Um, that might be his long-term future, possibly. And I, d- I don't want to talk up another kid. And I, yeah. I don't want to um, discredit Salmon because he's an incredible player. But I think there might be another one that will sort in the hearts with Dylan Brown. Just we'll see him next year in the SG ball, I think. Okay, there you are. So a six. So it's Is SG ball. That's under 18s. Yeah, under 18s. He, he played. Oh. I'd barely be on Diodo. He played with us in um, Harold Matthews last year, and I thought he was a better. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Better half than Dylan Brown at the time. Sort of to say he's. I think he had a better kicking game better game management so I, th- I think he's one to look out for um, coming into the 18s next year but just remember don't pin your hopes these are only young kids no. oh absolutely um, we've seen it in the past uh, Dargan I thought might be our long time number 7 but of course he shipped off um, we also had Zach Docker Clay and Ryan Madison in recent years uh, Ryan Madison was told to shift to the back row he said no I'm a 5 I'm eighth, and then went to the Roosters and was told to shift into the back row <laughs> you've signed a 2 year deal so get on with it what He's about killing- that, um, that uh, Jason Weeby guy he uh, took us SG Ball to the final. I thought he'd have a big future. There was a few. There's been a few of them, yeah. and I've been a, a I've been a um, known to fall for them. There was Jason Weeby, Jason Siege. Yeah, at the same him. time. Because he went Kelly. to because um, Siege went to uh, rugby union. He played the sevens, and I thought yeah. you know, it was a big miss. And then yeah, yeah. yeah so don't pin your hopes because um, there's only one or two that'll ever ever come out. And oh, no, if absolutely. you strike gold, uh, you. You do like I think we've seen Nathan Cleary is probably one of the biggest to come out of the the junior system over at Panthers in recent years, um, but it's really hard to develop halves coming up, and um, you can't pin too much of your hopes on them because a lot fall through the cracks. It's like having a quarterback in the NFL, you know, huge college system. They're all talked up. There was five drafted in the top ten this year, and probably one or two of them will make um, week on week uh, like- quarterbacks. But like, say, say four to five years. I know it's a, it's a long, it's a half a decade. We could have a very young spine with French if he stays at fullback, being the oldest one. Like you got you got Brown, and you have Marnie, even that Schneider guy. Like we'll have a very young spine, similar to uh, Penrith. Yeah, That's what and, I'm looking um, forward to. You know, I don't think you can discredit. You know. Clint, Clint Gutherson there. He's still pretty young. Mitchell Moses is still young. So <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Bertie just wants debutants. He wants his five debutants <laughs> to come through. No, five debutants each year. <laughs> I really want a spine that we can tie down long-term and just dominate without having to change a player every year. That's what I, I just... I hate change in a team, even though I was praying for Murata to play every week. But <laughs> I, just, I just want the spine to stay... Uh, locked in pretty much for like the next two to three years. That's why. And yeah, we've had a lot of change over the spine um, since Brad Arthur's come in. You know, with Hayne leaving to the NFL, Sando, um, who else has been there? Luke Kelly, Isaac Kieran DeGoyce. Foran, Luke's Isaac DeGoyce, Nathan Peets. Yeah. So yeah, I know I know exactly what you mean, but it's it's frustrating that, um, especially 2016 when we looked like we had. You know, a, a finally a set spine, or at least a finally set six, seven, nine, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> look it what all unravelled. Let's not talk about it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well, let's jump into the news. Um...
first of all, uh, Jared Haynes' uh, alleged rape case has been set down for hearing in January 27, 2020. Um, so you'd assume that uh, Hayne had probably wrapped up his NRL career by then, given he's 31 at the moment. Um, but we'll just have to wait and see. But um, it was set for mediation. Things didn't uh, uh, settle. Um, so it's gone to a five-day trial. Um, and that just shows you how slow the justice system is in the States. <laughs> um, so it's still in the civil court, isn't it? Is uh, it? District court. So district. it's a civil court. Um, it's not criminal charges. So essentially it's after um, damages, uh, i.e. Okay. monetary damages against Hain. So she essentially wants to be paid for um, what, whatever she alleges occurred and the damage that that's had on her. Okay, fair enough. I hope that... Um... You know, I heard uh, Hannah Hollis in the in the commentary on Saturday uh, say that Haynes' legal case will be hanging over his head. Well, hopefully, you know, that's the last time we hear about it because it is 2020. It's, all, it's 18 months away. So, you know, that, that should be the last we hear of it until then. But knowing the vicious sporting media of Australia, I doubt it will be. All right, jumping on to the next bit, which was the Parramatta League's constitution. Um, it's up there on the Parramatta League's club website. Um, I had a quick look over it. So they've taken out the clause, which was that anybody who had held a directorship um, prior, uh, or sorry, uh, chairmanship, oh, sorry, was on the board of directors <laughs> um, prior to, uh, I think it was 30 May 2016, um, not be considered eligible. Um, that was a pretty wide-ranging one, um, on a legal standpoint, it's pretty hard to get something like that through. Um, so that's been knocked out of it. Um, there's no really other substantial change, changes, but um, there's one clause in there where if you had been uh, convicted of an indictable offence or convicted of an offence 15 years prior to running for um, to get on the board of directors, then you're automatically knocked out of the running. Um, so that should knock out a few that were in the Spagnolo era. Um, but... Um, I'm not quite sure, one, whether this will get through. It's up for consultation at the moment. Um, and two, if it'll still be in the same form if it and when it does get through. Yeah, I imagine the lessening is just um, Max wanting to head off, which is fair enough. He's probably got an easier job because I imagine it wouldn't be an easier job being in charge of Parramatta with everyone um, trying to cut you down at all times and... Uh, looking at their at their interests rather than a club's interest. All right, that's as much as we'll touch on there. And then the last thing I wanted to uh, touch on, which was what just uh, I was reading before we came on, which is the penalty crackdown has ended, um, according to Prozhenko. Um Just one sec, I'll just get up the article. Um, just crashed on my tablet. That always helps. Um, and they're going to change. So there's a couple of big changes, which is now um, at the bottom there. Um, so one of the big changes is if a player um, is injured or suffers a long-term injury during a representative fixture, so any representative fixture, not that it really matters for origin for us, but <laughs> um, some of the, the international fixtures, clubs can now sign a replacement as well as receive cash, salary cash salary cap exemptions of up to $350,000. Um, the other big talking point coming out was that uh, referees will now be able to use the sin bin for foul play whether the victim has to leave the field or not from round 15 onwards. Um, so plays like... Well, actually, Nathan Brown's that 
that uh, sorry, not Nathan Browns. Tep Morowa's um the the player did have to leave the field, so they could have used the sin pin on him. So they must have thought it was that level to sort of get him sent off. Um, and now a directive coming out from Greenberg at the meeting of the competition committee. It's a very strong di- directive from them. Don't over referee. Don't look for things. Simply referee the play that's in front of you. So they reckon the crackdown on the 10 metres and the play the ball uh, has worked. Obviously it hasn't. They do this shit every year. And um, does it get a faster game? No, because they slow down. The ball's not in play as long. Um, and there, there's less fatigue. They're talking about wanting to reduce interchange to lessen the fatigue. Well, look, there's no fatigue in the game at the moment because the ball's only in play for bloody 40 minutes in half the games because of all the stoppages, the penalties and the bullshit. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. You want to touch on that ham? Can I get you angry? Um, no, I won't get angry over it. Um, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, you know, it's fair enough if the refs blow penalties because for the most part, it's, it's players being dumb and just doing something stupid that, um, you know, they shouldn't be doing, whatever. It's just when I'm, I find it, I find it hard when one team is penalised for one thing in a game, say. Say Parramatta have, say this weekend, right? Parramatta have two penalties against them for being offside. But then you see the, the Rabbitohs um, being offside just as much. Um, you know, it's of course Parramatta has to be penalised because they're offside. But, you know, why then why wouldn't the Rabbitohs have been played offside? And I'm sure it happens when we've had penalties or we've been given penalties for opposition teams being offside and we've been offside and haven't haven't got it. It's just, it, I hate... I don't like when you see it um, so rules refereed inconsistently by the same referees in the same game. Um, you know, I'm I like a I like when there's less dead ball in a in a game. I think that would do more to create fatigue, like you said. Um, there's too many stoppages. There's too many times going up to the bunker. There's too many times. I think we've got to cut out um, dead ball time um, in a game rather than reducing the changes because. They'll just reduce interchanges, but teams may then give away more penalties so they get that dead time so they can then, you know, make up that time that's lost or make up the injury or make up fatigue or whatever. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> it's, there's so much that I believe is wrong. I don't know what to do. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be Gus Gould and say I can put my hand up and fix it in 12 months because I'm not that uh, egocentric, but, um, yeah, there's just it seems to be a lot of things wrong. Everyone has their different opinion. I think if everyone stopped jumping down the ref's throats um, every time they make a bad decision, then I think we would get a better game. All right, well, let's move on for pe- uh, referees, and we'll move on to the previews, starting with the Shield. Wenty in first position, taking on East Campbelltown in second position, 245 at Waminda Oval, Sunday, 17th of June. Um, are any of the boys going to be... Well, that's that's pretty far out at Campbelltown, so don't think we'll have any of the boys in action out for the Shield game. Uh, and then Guildford Owls in sixth position against Hills District in... Sorry, that should be tenth position. Crestwood Oval, Sunday, 17th of June. Ron Massey Cup, Western Suburbs Magpies in eighth position, taking on Wenty in 
that should be first position in Ron Massey Cup. Uh, 7.30 at Campbell... Oh, no, sorry, second second position in, in Ron Massey Cup, their first in Shield. 7.30, Campbelltown Stadium, Friday, June 15th. Uh, you right there, Ham? Oh, no, it's just that you write up the agenda. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> Uh, second guessing myself. Uh, the women's went here in ninth position, taking on Cabramatta in third position. Uh, this is a rematch from earlier in the year where the Wenty girls got spanked by 60 or 70 points. So, um, poor girls um, probably going to get spanked <laughs> again. Sunday 17th um, of June at Ring Rose, 3 p.m. And then in the flag, the Roosters... And this is going to be a curtain raiser to the Roosters game on um, Friday evening. They've got the, the 8 o'clock match, I think it is. Yeah, that's right, against Panthers. Um, so this will be the curtain raiser with the flag. Roosters in sixth position, taking on Eels in fourth position, 5.40pm at Arlianz on Friday, 15th of June. Then in the IS, uh, do we want to touch on the flag? Um, reckon the boys can get one up? You know, if they if they carry the confidence going through uh, from beating the Sharks in first, they should beat uh, the Roosters, um, who are a little bit lower. The Roosters do have some... Top, top the top level players, Mackenzie Baker, Butcher played, is one of them, isn't he? Yeah, Egan Butcher he played yeah. um, second row for. Yeah, he also played in the eighties. Yeah, yep, that's state right. State of origin, Mackenzie Baker did for Queensland. Uh, Lachlan Lamb's a good player, so you know they've got some um, strong players there. But um, you know, if we play with that confidence, play with that, um, I assume team cohesion. I, I didn't get to see the game, but um, yeah, you know that they can win and. Uh, it's good to see Ethan Parry named in the uh, on the extended bench. I'm not sure if he'll play, but um, I know he's had some troubles with a leg injury that happened two years ago that um, kept him out for an entire season, so good to see him back. All right, and then in the ISP, the Wyong Roos in 10th position, taking on Wenty in 9th position at Maury Breen Oval, 3pm Saturday, June 16th. Uh, don't know if we'll be able to get out to that either. Um, just depends what everybody's weekend's like. Um, but hopefully the Wenty boys can sort of turn it around this week and turn that uh, stats dominance into an on-field dominance, or at least advantage, especially against a struggling Wyong Roos team. Yeah, I was going to say this was the game that Jamin Salmon made his second game, uh, first his hat-trick against on telly. So, um, yeah, hopefully he can... Well, I assume... He's going to play ISP. He might play in first grade. I don't know. Um, yeah, hopefully he can recreate his uh, fortunes there and, you know, turn around. I think it, I think we need a big game from Kane Evans. Um, a couple of times I've seen him. He's sort of, he's done well and you can tell he's a bit better than this grade, but he just sort of hasn't broken through like you'd expect him to. And also good to see Solesi Foyinga making his ISP debut. Um, starting, hopefully. Just all depends who drops back uh, on before the game, or after the game, I should say. And Fainga, yeah. whilst he played for Fiji, I think he played on the wing, didn't he? He's he's more of a second rower, isn't he? Did he play? Oh, I was overseas when the World Cup was on. Yeah, he's second rower. Definitely not a wing. <laughs> he's, uh, he used to be a prop, so... <laughs> well, I think he got one or two games. Oh, I can't remember where he played. It might have been centre, actually, because they've got two very good wingers. Yeah, in um, they would have had Vunavalu. And um, and playing for Manly, what's his name? Um, the Uate Parte. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I don't think he would have gotten on the wing, but um, 
you know, he's a big, big, um, big second row, very good hands, nice, nice pass, sort of a Wade Graham style play. Uh, actually, Dean Witters, if we want a Parramatta um, comparison, very Dean Witters-like. He's got the instincts for footy, plays what's in front of him, but he can tough it out, can tackle, very good player. Well, fingers crossed for him in his debut in ISP. Um, moving on to first grade, which we'll see uh, on Thursday evening, 7.50pm, uh, the 14th of June. Eels in 16th position, taking on Bunnies in third position. Sorry, you could probably hear my daughter on the toilet singing to herself. <laughs> um, uh, so, history of the game, 16 uh, wins to the Eels, 12 to the Bunnies. Um, coming into this round, uh, the Bunnies come in on a six-game winning streak. Um, obviously, last week they had four of their origin players uh, sit out. Now, in the last couple of uh, games uh, between the Eels and the Bunnies, the Eels have had the running. Um, so, so I just had that right there. In that, we beat them twice last year, most recently 22-16. to 16. That was a cracking match. It was around 26 last year. It was freezing cold. Um, then in the earlier match last year, 22-16, to 16, we won. And then also, if you remember, they, they scored like two tries in the last five minutes or so. And then in the 2016 game, we won 30-12. to 12. Um, So fingers crossed we can keep that uh, little mocker over the, the bunnies moving into this game. Um, and it'll be televised on 9 on Fox. Also, if you're catching it on radio, it'll be on Triple M and ABC. Uh, jumping into the team lists, Bevan French at fullback, Josh Hoffman and George Jennings on the wings. Michael Jennings in, in his 250th game in the NRL, should be said. So um, congrats to Michael Jennings. Hopefully the boys can get a win for him. Uh, and Jared Hayne in the centres, in the halves, Gutherson, Norman in the front row, Alvaro and Terrapo with Cameron King starting at hooker. Manu Mayu returns to the team after sitting out last week uh, with his wife expecting. And Brad Takarangi stays in the second row with Nathan Brown locking it all out against his former team. And then on the interchange bench, Reid Marnie, Tim Manor, David Gower and Murata moves back to the bench. And then in the reserves, Vave, Matangi, Salmon and Mitch Moses named, but very unlikely to play. Um, then to the Rabbitohs, Alex Johnston at fullback, Campbell Graham and Robert Jennings on the wings. So the battle of the Jenningses, all three will be playing in this. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a stat for when three brothers have played um, all in the same match. So um, um, I don't think it's a first, but it's been a while, I think. Well, three, but I know the four... Burgess brothers played together. Oh, I'm an idiot. The... There you are. <laughs> <laughs> um, but against each other. Well, well, actually, it would have they would have had a manly against South game. Were one of the the, yeah. the lesser Burgess probably yeah. manly. Yeah, Luke. Or right, let's just pretend I didn't say anything. Um, Greg Inglis, Dane Gagai <laughs> in the halves. Uh, Dane Gagai with a comp- compound fracture to his finger. Um, and Greg Inglis returning from origin duty. Cody Walker, Adam Reynolds in the halves. Tom Burgess and George Burgess starting with Damian Cook returning from origin. John Sutton, who's had a great year this year, so he's going to be one to watch. Um, he's sort of reminding me of a young um, uh, Sonny Bill Williams, how he was running with the ball in one hand and just going crazy. Uh, Angus Crichton returns from origin as well. And Sam Burgess in the lock position. And on the extended bench, uh, the... 
Lebanon Hero, Adam Dwayhe, or Dewey, however you want to pronounce it, in the 14 jersey, Cameron Murray, Jason Clark, and Tavita Totola, all on the um, bench with Robbie Farah, Heimel Hunt, Mark Nichols, and uh, ex-Eel Tyrell Fui-Mayono on the extended bench. Um, so, boys, Bunnies in third position. Um, they managed to clinch one last week against the Titans without their origin stars, although that was a, a battler of a game as well. Um, if anybody saw Hipgrave got himself uh, in the sin bin twice, <laughs> uh, he had an absolute crap game and probably lost the Titans that match, actually. Um, so, can we continue on with any sort of form? Last week probably wasn't our best game of the season, yet we still picked up. It was probably worse than some of the games that we've lost, um, given we made 15 errors. But um, is there anything to look forward to there? Um, that Burgess, uh, that South uh, forward pack with the Burgesses back in form um, is something scary and something to behold. Yeah, I think um, you know last week's game was a, a throwback to some of the games we were winning last year in 2016. It was sort of... You know, we didn't have the best game, but we just found a way to win. And I think with this one, as weird as it sounds, I think we need to, you know, take them up the middle again. Um, the Birds boys, as you said, have been on some really good form. John Sutton has been absolutely unreal. And I think a lot of it has to do with Peter Gentle moving um, to, I assume, he's their assistant for their forwards. And he was our assistant for our forwards in the previous couple of years. So I think... You know, credit to them for getting the right assistant in to bring out the best in their players. And, um, you know, I just think we just need to, you know, our strength, as oddly as it sounds and as weird as it sounds, is up the middle. And if we control the, the ball up the middle, you know, we've got um, Nathan Brown, if he makes his 200 ridiculous metres again, um, if Daniel Alvaro and Tim Manor with their high tackling percentages, I think if we... Um, sort of uh, trying to think of a word here but you know go get, get past that um, initial on, on, onslaught of the three Burgess boys on the field together I'm not sure if their bench can match ours with you know Cameron Murray very good player Jason Clark's a bit older and Tavita Totola I haven't really uh, seen much of him but I think you know if we hold them off in that initial part and um, shut down John Sutton I think we've also got a good ball Good, good ball playing forward on that side of the field too in Brad Takarangi um, throwing some shapes and throwing some um, you know different little plays like that sweet play for the half around the back I noticed Taka used that a couple of times on the weekend so I think yeah there's definitely um, some cracks we can exploit but we just need to you know we need to complete more than 70% for sure against South Sydney you know we need, we need to be looking at 85-90% um, you know if we even want to have a look in uh, sorry, their big uh, attacking weapon is Damian Cook in the hooker role. Um, any gaps, any not uh, square marker defence, any markers uh, not on their, their game for the, the full 80 minutes, he's going to exploit. Um, so uh, that's something we'll have to be right on top of, or otherwise uh, it could be a very, very long night. Um, and as you said, um, the Burgi, um or the Burgess brothers... Uh, initial stint, uh, Tom and George, they seem to have got their, their, their fingers strapped up these days with a bit of super glue. Um, and um, as long as they're not making errors, the, the Souths are going to roll forward. 
and um, Adam Reynolds and and um, Cody Walker really don't have to do. Um, what I'm really afraid of is that left edge attack against our right edge defence. We're up for it against the Cowboys, but you have to say they didn't really throw too much at us. And that South's left edge attack, they, they throw so many different shapes. Um, they've got one set play, but they, they can run it with about, uh, you know, five or ten different variations, um, which is the scary thing. And you're trying to guess which variation they're going to run at you with. Um, so that right edge defensive ours will have to be right up to the task this week. Um, Another thing we have to uh, be uh, trying to match them in is uh, the kicking game because Reynolds, you know, he has a big boot on him and he can just uh, kick us uh, kick us into uh, end zone, keep us in there with that defense. So we've got to watch that. We've got to, not Moses, um, Norman and Gufferson are going to have to be on their game, you know, trying to find the, grind, uh, the grass more often. Um, and, yeah, just back our defense, I reckon. Just do what we did last week to Tom Malolo, Cohen Hess, you know, just get numbers into the tackles, slow down the play the ball, and yeah, just defend. I reckon, it'll, I reckon it'll be a close game, but uh, yeah, all about defense this week. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you know, you mentioned the kicking game there. I thought our kick chase was better. I thought Hayne and Bev put a lot of pressure on Coot. Need to do that to um, Alex Johnson and Campbell Graham a lot this week. You know, we put away those midfield bombs. We kicked the ball a lot flatter. We did find grass, and then when we did put up a bomb, we made sure that there was a chase of chasing through, putting a lot of pressure on the fullback um, Coot to make some tough catches there. So, you know, we you know we need to, again, put away those midfield bombs. And possibly in this game is, um, you know, just kick just kick the ball deep and to a corner. Even if it goes trickles out, that's all right. We, we'll get them from a, a set, set position in their 10, 10 20 metre line, and then we can work from there rather than them attacking at our line, which is where... They'll be most dangerous. You know, Greg Inglis hasn't been in the best of form for many years now. Um, you know, but, you know, when he gets the his ball, his hand on the ball, there's always something going to happen. Johnson's, you know, fast. Um, Cody Walker is just always pushing up in support. Cook's quick. Um, and then, of course, they've got that middle. So, yeah, absolutely, we need to be playing. Um, position and possession should be key for this week. Yes, yeah, so hopefully we catch South on an off night like they were last week. Hopefully their players are looking forward to the rep round um, with, again, four players in origin and a couple of others uh, playing some international fixtures. Um, hopefully they have an off night. Um, I can't see us uh, coming out, even if we play our best fo- football. If um, South play their best football, they'll just run us completely off the park, I think. Um I was going to say one last thing that that I, I saw last week in watching the South game. They tried to play way too laterally too early, um, which was something we could accuse our team of playing a lot earlier in the year, um, which is not winning that forward battle, just expecting to win. Um, so I've got a, last week gives me a bit of confidence in that South might be a team that are going to play down to their opposition. Um, instead of trying to win like they are against some of the higher-ranked teams, like smashing them through the middle and, and uh, creating the spaces there, um, they may have an expectation that, of course, we're last on the ladder. They can just roll through us like they did for the Titans last week. Um, and I think that's, yeah, we're, our, our only way of winning this is if the South have an off night and think they can put us to bed and um, maybe come up with a bit of, you know, Hain or, or, or some of them pulls out a bit of magic. There yeah, and um, you know, you said South played down. We usually play up to our well. We have in a couple of previous seasons played up to our um opposition. So, you know, hopefully, 
that things go that, that way and um, they play down, we play up. You know, we might have a chance. Yes, it's a long shot, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had us completely written off last week. So um, perhaps uh, South looking ahead to the representative round. It's really playing for four points this week is how it's been put. Um, so we'll see how we go. Um, let's get into the predictions. I'll start with you, Bertie. I'm actually confident this week. I reckon we're going to win 14-6. The first try scorer is going to be Hayne again, and it will be uh, another kick, and he'll just do what he did the second try in Darwin. And But this time will be a clean um, grounding. So, yeah. And him. I think Gutherson will put his uh, goal-kicking boots on this week. And we'll win 18 to 10. First try will actually be South Sydney through Angus Crichton, but Parramatta's first try will be to the big 250 gamer Michael Jennings, who I think he run to the opposite side of the field to run over the top of his brother um, to score underneath the post somehow. Um, I think that works. <laughs> um, yeah. And Gutho to kick all three goals. Um, so I'm going to be a bit of a Debbie Downer. I can't tip us having a win this week <laughs> over the South. Um, yeah, I, I, I just... The the gulf between the two forms um, uh, this year is just so vast. And really, speaking about the NRL, there's about three good teams and the rest are all shit. And we're just really shit this year so far. Um so there's about five teams that are on that really shit bracket. I guess us, the Bulldogs, Cowboys, um, Titans, and you could throw Manly into that as well after they've lost their hooker for the year. So, um, But if we get two points here, gosh, we could stave off the spoon and hopefully give it to Manly. Um, wouldn't that be sweet? Um, other than that, yeah, I, I just can't see us winning this week. <laughs> South have just got it all over the park, and even if they have an off night, they can see that they pull a... a um, pardon the, the, the phrase, but pull a rabbit out of the hat um, against um, a lesser team. Um, so we'll see what happens. It's on Thursday night, so this pot will be out on Wednesday morning. Uh, well, not war- morning, maybe lunchtime, to give you plenty of time to listen beforehand, but we'll see how it all goes. Uh, jumping into plugs, I'll start off with PM, uh, which is uh, sports fan first Nambucker. Um, he's also on uh, Twitter at Paramatters. And I think he had a promotion I saw on the TCT. It was something like $99 for the Heritage jersey. Um, something around that, which was really cheap. Or it might have been 100 and something. Don't quote me on that. Um, so if you wanted to get a Heritage jersey, now's the time to head over to his store. And if you use the discount, or with the discount code um, PARAPODCAST, um, you'll get that jersey right down. Um, so have a look into that if you've been thinking about getting a bit of kit. And then also uh, 40 um, at 4020 on Twitter. And also he's on the Cumberland Throw. So if you want to check out that TCT on Twitter and um, all the cumberlandthrow.com.au uh, on... Or, or, I'm not sure if it's .au, um, but on uh, the web. Now jumping on to you, Bertie. Yeah, uh, Twitter is at... Bevan Heaven won. So um got a couple a lot of hate, but the World Cup is this Friday. My Socceroos will be there and my motherland Russia. Hopefully, you know, I'm praying for Australia Russia final, but let's be honest, I'm not drunk. And I reckon it's gonna be between France and uh, Belgium to win the cup. So 
If you've got a cheeky five dollars sitting around, go to the TAB, bet responsibly, and chuck it on eat with them. But yeah. Yeah, well, I checked out um, Belgium v Costa Rica today. They won four one and put them away after yeah. being down one nil. So Belgium are really they they failed to deliver on the big stages in 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 previous years, but they're they're pretty well favoured this year. So um, and and Australia again in the pool of death. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. I don't know, man. It's going to be. I'm, I'm. I look forward to this because you know you see. Uh, it's it's obviously rugby league. You know, it's a year, what nine months sport, whatever. But like this soccer, like it's four years. Nations are working hard for this. You know, it's like the Olympics. But I hate the Olympics, and I like the World Cup. So it's just a. Um, <laughs> and you also hate kids. So. <laughs> uh, yes. I've actually copped a lot of hate from that. You know, um, not on Twitter. But um, one of my family members actually heard the pod and said, oh, so you hate your ki- hate kids now, so. <laughs> yeah, but I've got to be careful now to, um, to what I say on the pod, so, yeah. Family friendly now, 30 years. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, <laughs> As always on uh, Twitter at hamsandwich 22 I do have a gig um, on the 21st at the Hideaway Bar for Bo Lin. Um, it's on a Thursday. Um, if you can come check us out, come say hello. I'll be on the base, trying to play. Um, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't learned all the songs yet. So, sorry, Bo. Lit, the rest of my Bo Lin <laughs> band. I've, I've yeah, I've got a while to go. But um, I think I think everyone should check out this week is a little festival being put on at the uh, Factory Theatre in Newtown. It's called Blood, Sweat and Beers Number Nine got some uh, good friends playing um there i think it's only 50 bucks and it's yeah no there's a lot of awesome bands a lot of um you know great sydney music great australian music you can go out and rock out to yeah so check that one out and if you can't get along if you don't want to go along at least check out some of the bands on the um on the lineup all right and if you want to see uh a full moon uh check out hymns Facebook page. <laughs> oh, that's what I was also going to say um, about your comment with the three brothers. I had a look. I had a look because, I, I, you know, just during the pod, I've got some downtime, and there was the three Burgess brothers played against one time against each other in round 16 of 2015. You had George and Tom playing for South and Luke Burgess playing for Manly. It's the only game they played against each other. So there you go. That was the last time, I think. There you are. Um, All right. Uh, Well, we're at Parapodcast on Twitter and forward slash Parapodcast on Facebook. Um, So if you want to check out there, it's just reposting most of the Eels material and, of course, putting up the pod. Um, So thanks again for joining us this week. Sorry I'm a bit bit of a a Debbie Downer, um, but best of luck to all the players uh, running out this weekend whether it's Shield, Ron Massey Cup, Women's, Flag, ISP or First Grade um, and hopefully they can bag a couple of wins alright gents have a good evening and we'll catch you next time on the Parrot Podcast see you later have a yeah, good see one. you guys have a good one Oh,